Welcome. Welcome. Uh, thank you for taking the time. This is Carrot Juice, a place where we have a fun, real, and relevant conversation. Your host, Monte Lee, will drop some jewels of knowledge. So sit back, grab yourself a sandwich, and take a sip. Today, I want to get right into what I've been thinking about and what's been going on in my mind leading up to this show. There has been a lot going on in the world this past week. Today's March 15th. And I want to be very clear about what I want to say today because the topic is touchy. But we have real conversations here at Carrot Juice. So I'm going to delve in. Today we're going to be talking about the royal family and as well, Charlie Hebdo. Hebdo. I'm not French, so pardon my French. And this isn't a joking matter. This article came across my news feed uh, when I was scrolling through TMZ. I browsed TMZ from time to time, and a couple of days ago, I saw this posted on March 13th, around 12.08 p.m., and this is according to TMZ. If you haven't seen what I'm talking about, I'm going to put a link to this article in the show notes. Before listening to what I'm about to say now, take a look at the show notes. Click on that, read the article, and see the image, and then come back to this. This is the title. QE2, referring to Queen Elizabeth II, kneels on Meghan's neck, referring to Meghan Markle, mocking George Floyd. In this cartoon depiction, you see a cartoon character of Queen Elizabeth kneeling on Meghan Markle's neck. And according to the article, what Meghan is saying is why Meghan left. No, what what it's saying is... um, for two, Megan acquit Buckingham, which translates to why Megan left Buckingham. There's a quote uh, bubble coming from Megan's caricature in this illustration as well that roughly comes out to because I couldn't breathe anymore. Anybody who has watched TV or just been alive in America within the past four months knows what this is depicting. This is depicting what happened in Wisconsin when Derek Chauvin, a police officer, kneeled on the neck of a black man, George Floyd, while someone recorded the incident 
there were multiple officers standing by during this ordeal. And George Floyd was gasping for air while a police officer, Derek Chauvin, had his neck, his knee on the neck of George Floyd for over eight minutes while he was crying out for his mom and and screaming and pleading that he couldn't breathe. George Floyd, as we all know, succumbed to his injuries and died. And America responded. Black people responded. Young people responded. Old people responded. Heck, even other police officers responded and said, that is wrong. Even if you disagree with how people protested, you cannot, with a clear conscience, agree that kneeling on the neck of an American citizen for eight minutes when the person is not armed and not a threat to anybody is right. So in this article by Charlie Hebdo, the satire publication, they were recreating that tragic moment in an awful attempt, according to the article and according, and I agree in an awful attempt at a parody. The French magazine was using Queen Elizabeth as Derek Chauvin kneeling on Meghan Markle. This is in response to the interview that Meghan had with Oprah last week, where there were some bombshell revelations that the world got to know about the royal family and some sentiments that's been going through that, what did you say, organization? So there's a lot of publicity and media coverage, even more so than ever, around the royal family because of that interview. So, back on the topic with this, Charlie Hebdo, they just released a new edition of its weekly publication, And this was it, what I was just referring to. This is not a funny matter. There's nothing funny about what happened this past May to George Floyd. What he had to go through and endure, crying out for his mama while the life was being literally crushed out of him. It's not funny. I don't know what the editor, the people who have to do with um, the eyes that this has to see before it could be published. What is going on? What are they thinking? What are they doing? I understand humor. I understand a good laugh, but this is not a laughing matter in any way. And if somebody thinks this is right, I, I'm speechless. How could you think that putting that image out there 
and pretty much mocking what happened to Mr. Floyd is okay. In response, many are calling the magazine racist and demanding that the issue be pulled. However, I'm more concerned that there are multiple people that saw this and thought it was okay and pushed it out. Um, According to the article um, by TMZ, it states, the message they're trying to communicate, or so it seems, is that Meghan felt smothered by royal racism headed up by the queen. Because in the previous interview that I mentioned with Oprah, she alluded to that. She also alluded to and did not disclose who told her or mentioned it that there were conversations in the royal family about their son, Harry and Meghan's son, his skin tone and how that would affect their image. So it seems like this magazine, this publication is trying to make a parallel between racism, alleged racism in the royal family and what happened to George Floyd. And I'm going to just say this now. You can keep your cheap correlations and your illustrations and you're trying to be funny. This is not a funny matter. Never has been. And I take issue with a magazine, a parody magazine, trying to capitalize on the death of a black man in such a crude way. Charlie Hebdo, I encourage you to do this. Stay away from making fun of something that's so sensitive. The nation is healing. And in the process of doing that. And you guys are from France. Charlie Hebdo is headquartered in France. Why don't you deal with things that are happening in France? Because here in America, what we're trying to do, we're trying to heal from what happened in May 2020. And what's going on at the Royal Palace And what's going on in France ain't got anything to do with America and what we are feeling and what we've gone through. And me being a black man. It hits different. I'm not saying that the magazine should be ended or that they should shut their doors and that they haven't done anything in good taste. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is there's better ways to handle yourself and it doesn't include making fun of the death of a black man at the hands of a police officer who kneeled on his neck for eight minutes. Let's not tie that to the the racism that Megan felt in the royal palace. Like, are we serious? Is that what we're really doing? We're trying to tie the sensibilities and how the Duchess felt 
with racism to a man who died. Who was crushed by the knee of a white police police officer on his neck. Where's the comparison? Charlie Hebdo, you guys are better than this. If I know one thing, you're better than this. You are. And I have something else that I want to talk about. I remember Charlie Hebdo because they had the situation in 2015 that was so horrendous that happened to them. Let me harken back to that. Back in January of 2015, did everybody remember this? From January 7th to the 9th, there was a gunman attack on Charlie Hebdo offices in Paris. According to an article by BBC.com, a black Citroen C3 drove up to the Charlie Hebdo building in Rue Nicolas Apert, and there were two masked gunmen dressed in black and armed with assault rifles, got out and approached the offices. They burst into number six at that location before realizing that they had the wrong address, and then they moved down to a, another address down the road where the Charlie Hebdo offices were on the second floor. When they were inside, they proceeded to shoot and kill multiple people. And while doing so, they killed four cartoonists and three editorial staff and a guest who was attending a meeting. All the while, the gunmen were shouting that they were avenging the prophet Muhammad and yelling that God is great in Arabic while calling out the names of the journalists. This was all in response to a cartoon illustration where the radicals um, felt like they were defending um, the honor of Prophet Muhammad because of an illustration that was published by Charlie Hebdo. Very tragic, not condoning anything that happened in this incident. However, I feel like whoever is doing the editorial work there really needs to be more mindful and practical of the impact that what they put out that they believe is humorous can have on the world. I just found it um, so distasteful what uh, happened in this ordeal. And I don't believe that violence is the answer. 
It is not the answer. It never has been. But the controversy that has been surrounding this publication is is getting alarming. And at the end of the day, what I want to see more often is I want to see people making fun of things that don't revolve around like something. Mm. I know that when you make light of something, humor has a place in this world, but there's just certain times where you got to have some discretion and some common sense to know when something is just out of line and crude. And that's where this went, in my opinion. I just had to get that off my chest because it's been on my mind. And um, like I said before, I don't want Charlie Hebdo to be canceled or anything like that. But we need to really look at the people who are running that organization editorially. And that's what I have to say about that. Um, So before I get into the next segment, we're going to pause here, pay some bills, and we'll commence after that. And we're back. So moving forward, another thing I wanted to cover had to do with um, an article that I also saw on TMZ that was published on March 13th. And it goes a little like this. Let's get it pulled up here. So, uh, according to Senator Ron Johnson, who was a Republican senator out of Wisconsin, he was on a show recently. He was on, if I get this right, we almost got it here. Well, he's on a, oh, the Joe, the Joe Pag show. So he was on the Joe Pag show and he had something very interesting to say. So, uh, Senator Johnson, uh, he stated that he did not feel threatened at all during the failed coup attempt on January 6th because The rioters were true patriots. Rewind. The rioters were true patriots. But God forbid if the shoe was on the other foot where Trump won and there was a Black Lives Matter capital protest. Well, in that case, he says that would be downright scary. 
Huh? What? So, even though there were thousands of people who were marching on the Capitol to try and pressure people uh, like the senator to vote, and they wanted him to vote, this is what he's quoting. He said, even though... Even though those thousands of people were marching on the Capitol, were trying to and were trying to pressure people like me to vote the way they wanted me to vote, I knew those people that I knew those were people that love this country, that truly respected law enforcement, and would never do anything to break the law, so I wasn't concerned. Say what now? If I don't remember correctly, um, cops were beaten by protesters. I literally saw a video of cops uh, being mauled and punched and, you know, stepped on by by rioters. These were not protesters. There were 140 of them injured law enforcement and one was killed. A law enforcement officer was killed in this incident. So how is that law enforcement? How is that law abiding? Like two plus two is four. I'll say that again. Two plus two is four. Two plus two isn't true patriots. And then we'll get on to what he has to say about Black Lives Matter. So Senator Johnson also stated that had the tables been turned and President Trump won the election and those were tens of thousands of Black Lives Matter and Antifa protesters, he might have been a little concerned. This is clearly some pandering to his base at the highest level. This is some tightrope walking wanting to be reelected crap. It's just not, it doesn't make any sense. Anybody with common sense knows that what happened on January 6th was a stain on America for all Americans, white, black, Puerto Rican, Asian, Hispanic, whatever you are, it's not a good look. Because America is the land of opportunity, the land of the free, home of the brave. That's not what was displayed on January 6th. We are supposed to be the example for the world, for freedom, for democracy, for peaceful transfer of power. And that's not what happened. So how can you as a politician, somebody who is elected by us say that what happened on January 6th was the behavior of true patriots. If that's the behavior of true patriots, I would like to know what he believes real lawlessness is. I, I don't believe lawlessness has anything to do with the color of your skin. The way this guy is talking, as long as somebody has a Trump hat on, they could slap him right upside his face and he would and he would think it was raining. Piss on his face and he would think it was it was rain. 
how crazy you sound. Let's have some common sense people and realize that just because my skin is black doesn't mean I have any animosity towards you. Doesn't mean that I like a lot of taxes. Doesn't mean that just because you voted for Trump or that you um, are a Republican and have those values that I treat you any less than or I think you're, you know, your voice doesn't need to be heard. That's not the case at all. But it's when you have a blatant disregard and you treat people a completely different way because of the way they look rather than looking at the facts. The facts are there were a bunch of people who went up to the Capitol with malintentions and it wasn't law abiding citizens. Nobody can look me in the face and say that's what happened. But the fact that there's somebody that is in that position of power who believes this nonsense is troubling. Whatever we need to do here in America, if that means you need to go to your local elections, your local boards, and start taking action against this type of stuff, that's where it changes. It doesn't change up top. It changes by people getting involved with their local elections. I don't care if you vote Republican. I don't care if you vote Democrat. I'm telling everybody, vote your interest. You don't want more taxes, then you vote for that. You want to see immigration reform, you vote for that. But us as Americans, we need to start taking action. And we need to start being people that are not just complaining about what's going on and actually getting active and making something change. Enough of the excuses. Enough of the reason why I'm not where I'm at is because the man's holding me down. Or I don't get enough opportunities for that. That's bull crap. If you want something enough, you're going to go get it. And that's as simple as that. We got to stop being complacent people. We got to stop allowing people to be in positions like that and express these views and nothing happen. What I'm saying is, it seems like this guy, Senator Ron Johnson, is going to try to run for election again. We need somebody to run up against him that has some common sense, whether they Republican or Democrat. Because we can't have delusional people in positions where they can legislate for our country. And that's what I got to feel about. That's what I feel about that. Well, this has been deep. This has been real. But sometimes you got to get deep and real when the world throws this at you. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just reacting to it. Okay, so moving forward. I got one more topic to discuss. And then we will close this show out after this message.
we're back. So another thing I wanted to cover, I heard some news, unfortunately, that there's a power couple who are no longer. So uh, apparently Jennifer Lopez and Alex and Alex Rodriguez are breaking it up, breaking it off after like four years. And I was sad to hear this because I thought J-Lo was going to finally get her man. And I guess some of us still got a chance. No, let me just stop complaining. But yeah, so uh, uh, apparently, you know, all my stuff from TMZ right now. So, but apparently Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez break up. Wedding is off. If you uh, follow, she has 146 million followers on Instagram. If you follow J-Lo on Instagram, you could see this rock. And my goodness, it has its own zip code, time zone, uh, insurance agent, accountant. This rock is crazy um, that he gave her. And they're splitting up. Uh, it's saying according to the article, it's unclear what caused the split, but... I think we know what happened. Uh, apparently, I heard through the grapevine that he was uh, found with a 30-year-old blonde who's a star on Southern Charm, if you ever seen it. I've never seen it. Apparently, it's a reality show. I might have to indulge to see what's going on. Uh, so, apparently, he was found with this Madison LaCroix of Southern Charm getting cozy. A-Rod dipping out on J-Lo. Man. Mm-mm-mm. You guys remember in Living Color back in the day? In Living Color, you can do what you want to do. In Live Color. So J-Lo, she got her start. She was a fly girl. So she was doing like the dancing in between like the skits like in Living Color was one of the first sketch comedy, like quick skit shows. I don't know what the traditional way, but like what Saturday Night Live is now in, in Living Color was black people's version of that. And it was way better, by the way. Not as corny. Sorry. Saturday Night Live. You're corny. I can't I can't watch it. Uh, but that's where I first was introduced to Jennifer Lopez, and I've kind of followed her from there. Always liked her stuff. Anything that she does as far as movies, I'll, you know, partake in. Her music mm, hasn't been good in like 10 years as far as I'm concerned. Sorry, J-Lo. But the movies, I, I, I'm all for it. But, yeah, man, this is sad because... Uh, think she's 52 she still looks great she still looks like she's 30 like like not a day past 30 but i just feel like there's been so many different instances with j-lo where she's been engaged falls through married lasts for six months or nine months and then divorced i just it's happened over and over again and at some point you start to wonder like Man, is it ever going to happen for her? Well, if not, she got her money. <laughs> you know, she's rich. Uh, but 
I think we all know money isn't everything. And I just hope she's not really like a diva. Well, how could you not be a diva and be Jennifer Lopez? That's a dilemma to have. I think a lot of people say that they want a diva and they want somebody that's strong willed and, you know, shot caller and all that. But if you're around the person all the time and they get on your nerves, I don't think you care how pretty they are. At some point, you're just like, man, I just want to eat a sandwich, relax, you know, watch, watch March Madness and go to sleep. So I just found that to be interesting because I've never, caveat, I've never liked Alex Rodriguez. I always thought he was just kind of a, just kind of too clean cut. Do you know what I mean? Like you ever see a guy talk or just see the way he moves and he just seems like he's trying too hard. That's how I always felt about Alex Rodriguez. Like he looks like he does his eyebrows. That, you don't think that's strange? That's kind of weird to me. A guy doing his eyebrows. Hmm. Well, whatever floats your boat, man. Um, so I wish them both the best moving forward. She still looks great. Um, but J-Lo, you'll get over this. I'm pretty sure her DMs are about to be popping. And... uh <laughs> Uh, we'll leave it at that. I wanted to leave it with something a little light, which wasn't that light, but sometimes you got to have these episodes that are real where it sparks a greater conversation. And I really do want to say this. It's not the world's responsibility to give you understanding. The world doesn't owe you anything just because you're in it. If you want to do anything, you have to be willing to put in the work, to master your craft, to get feedback and take constructive criticism and live with the outcomes from there. You are not you know, going to be given anything in life, but that's the beauty in life. Because when you finally do get something, it's going to feel that much better that you work for it. I'm willing to delay gratification for the long haul. I enjoy doing this. I enjoy speaking. I enjoy getting my thoughts across in a way that I hope is, you know, comprehensible, that's concise, where you can understand that it's real, it's not fake and contrived. That's what I'm here for at the end of the day. And if I can reach one person and help them to get some perspective from all of this. That's what I'm here for. I always say, 
I'm just honing and sharpening my craft each time I do one of these episodes. And eventually, things will be exactly where they need to be. I'm willing to, willing to delay gratification because I believe in myself and I believe that what I can do. And that comes from a life of not having everything. I didn't have everything growing up. And I'm so grateful for that now that I wasn't granted everything because it's given me that chip on my shoulder and the mentality to work. I enjoy working. I don't complain when I have to go into the office and get some things done. I thrive in that. I thrive with adversity. And I think that's come from things that have happened in my life, being laid off multiple times, having to go do direct sales. I did direct sales before. I went and knocked door to door and sold. And to do that, you got to have a backbone. To do that, you have to be willing and able to have somebody tell you no every single day. I got told no and door slammed in my face multiple times. But because of that, no situation seems weird to me. I could just talk to people straight up real. And that's what I try to get across in every interaction I have with people. Because so many people I feel like in today's day and age are just kind of walking through life, laissez-faire, some people, they go through their whole life and they're on a, on a phone texting most of their life. That's no real life. So I encourage you to start working on your personal development. Meditation is good. Um, reading about different things that interest you. I've always been into reading. I love documentaries. I love to um, listen to audio books. I've already talked about this before. Um, just growth, because if, if I'm constantly learning and I'm constantly growing, I'm becoming a be better version of myself each and every day. And it's my goal to get better by one degree each and every day. If you do that, there's nothing you can't do in time. So I'm gonna let you go with that. Oh, quote for the day. To hell with circumstances, I create opportunities. Bruce Lee. And that's been another episode of Carrot Juice. Please like and subscribe. Anything you can do, leave a review, please. It helps out a lot. Give me some feedback on some topics you guys want me to cover. I'm going to post the um, links to some of the articles that I talked about in this as well. And make sure that you go to that anchor feed and you leave me a voice message so that I could get some feedback from you guys. Because I, like I said before, I want this to be interactive. So with that being said, love somebody. Eat something good, hug somebody, and I'll see you guys in the next one or speak to you guys in the next one. Peace.